Thank you for joining our broadcast today at City Life Church. We would love to hear how God is using this ministry to change your life. So please take a moment to send us your story at info at citylifechurch.cc. And if God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, we want to encourage you to partner with us financially to help us to bring God's word to other people. You can go to our website at citylifechurch.cc to find the giving options that work best for you. We've got an encouraging word for you, and we pray that you lean in and engage as we head into the auditorium for today's message. I want to talk to you today about the right people, the right place, and the right plan. The right people, the right place, and the right plan. I want to speak to all of our graduates. We've had them at all of our campuses today. I just got back from a Wesley Chapel campus, and we prayed of them. We had at East Lake and in our 930 service. But I also want to share this message not only with our graduates, but all of those in this room and watching online that are in the School of Life. Anybody in the School of Life right now learning and growing? You need to be or you better be. Because if you ever believe you've arrived and learned it all, you're in trouble. But as we continually learn and grow and we're molded into the likeness of Christ and become what he's called us to be, and he teaches us daily, the Bible says, his ways, his principles, his precepts, so that we can walk out our purpose and our destiny in the earth. What happens in our journey and what happens in our life continually shapes us, shape us for who we're becoming a Christ. I want to go to Psalm 1 today. Psalm 1, beginning in verse 1, says this. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. Or stand in the way that sinners take. Or sit in the company of mockers. But their delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on this law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Who yields its fruit in season. And whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Whatever they do prospers. You know, as we find ourselves walking out this journey of life, having the right things in place is so important. I'm going to talk about three today. Three. First of all, the right people. Now, if you're going off to school or maybe staying in uh, the Tampa Bay area and attending school, wherever you're at, or are you just living life? You don't have to be a high school student, a college student, but just in our journey, the right people are so important. I've told you before that the right people propel you. The wrong people will derail you. The right people in your life, they lift your arms, they encourage you. They celebrate with you in victories and they wipe tears and mourn with you in defeat. The right people in your life help you walk out your purpose. It says here, blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked. But Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says this, walk with the wise and become wise. I love that. Walk with the wise and become wise. But if you keep reading, it says, for a companion of fools suffers harms. You walk with people that are wise, you become wise and wisdom grows in your life. You walk with foolish people, you'll eat the fruit of that. But then it tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I don't care how many good things you have in your life and the foundation of, of the things that have been laid. If you surround yourself for very long with people that do not have good character, it will corrupt your character. And some people aren't bad people. They're just not good for you. 
And probably you're not good for them because your weaknesses and their weaknesses are not compatible. The things that you struggle with, because we all struggle with humanity, everyone in this room, everyone watching it, church online, we all struggle. We're human. We, we battle with flesh and humanity. But when you put the wrong people together, it's not good. Some people, I've told you before, you need to love from across the room. Some from across the city. And there may be some people you need to love from another state. Because they're not good for you and you're not good for them. But the right people. You know, a few years back, Pastor Casey got into plants and she loves to nurture these plants. And I'm telling you, we have probably over 10 plants in our house right now. It's like a greenhouse. <laughs> Feel like I'm living on a farm. No, I'm joking. I'm not really. We have these plants and she's giving them all names. She waters them. She encourages them. She talks to them. It's probably much better than conversation with me. We don't talk back. <laughs> but she has this one plant named Marge. Now, Marge is a fiddle leaf fig. A fiddle leaf fig. Matter of fact, Marge, we took Marge the other day to this place in South Tampa called Fancy Free Nursery because Marge had outgrown her pot. So we had to have them replant Marge in a bigger pot. And Marge is beautiful, she's really growing. She's really becoming all that God intended for her. <laughs> but we, we took Marge and replanted her, and I went to pick Marge up, and the lady there said we had to do surgery on Marge. I said, really? She said, yeah. She said we had to cut one of her limbs off. And um, you see, it's, just, it's gotten bad. And, you know, when I looked at the limb, it looked good because there was greenery. But she said, the problem, if, if you look on this stalk, it's rotted. And if we leave this rotted stalk in the plant and we don't cut it off at the root, the whole plant will die. Sometimes what you see looks good. Marge looked healthy, but there was a place in Marge. You know, it's really what John chapter 15 said to us when he told us that his desire was not just for us to bear fruit, but at the end of that chapter, much fruit. And he said, if you're going to bear much fruit, I may have to prune you, just like Marge. I may have to cut some things back. And those things aren't fun because when you have to have some things cut out of your life, it doesn't always come easy. Sometimes it's hard. But, but the Father knows if those things stay, it will corrupt the fruit that he's bringing forth in your life. The right people are so important. They will propel you into the right place. Somebody say the right people. But not only the right people, the right place. You need to find out the place God has called you to. We pray all the time that the right people would be at City Life Church. We know we're not the church for everybody, but we are the church for somebody. And we want the right somebodies here because if you plant yourself at the right place, you understand that the Bible tells us in Psalm that in the right season, if we stay planted like a tree by the river of water of life, we will bring forth our fruit. I am telling you the right place is so important because you can have the right stuff and be in the wrong place and never be fruitful like God has called you to be fruitful. Or you can have the wrong people even though you're in the right place and it'll never flourish. But if you have the the right people in your life and you ever discover the right place, whether it's a ministry, 
ministry or a marketplace or you find yourself in the wrong neighborhood and maybe it is that you don't like your neighbors and they don't like you, but it could be that God put you there on assignment because God has a plan for your life and he put you in that neighborhood to be light to darkness. And if you will allow him, he will grow you and he will stretch you. But when you understand that God not only has the right people, but he has the right place. And if you're discovering it, I'm going to pray with you that God gives you a word or he just lets you know that you're at the right place at the right time because he's a good God wanting to do the right thing in you. Come on, give him praise today if you believe he has the right place. But not only the right people, the right place, but he has the right plan. He has the right plan. But you may be asking, but does God have a plan for me? I know he has a master plan, but is he concerned about me? You, you, you know, I've not really got much going on. I'm just graduating from high school. I'm working over here at Twisty Treat. <laughs> we got a bunch of kids that work at Twisty Treat. Sometimes they even bless us when we come through the drive-thru. <laughs> Give us like extra toppings and stuff, you know. You say, Pastor, you don't need extra toppings. I know, I'm on a diet right now. <laughs> I have some things that need cut back. But you say, well, does he really have a plan for me? God doesn't just have a master plan, a plan for the church, a plan for the kingdom, a plan for the world. He has a plan for your life. You know, I, I'm reminded when young Jeremiah, the prophet, yet, not yet a prophet, just a young man, he's struggling trying to find who he is. He doesn't see him, and God begins to speak to him. God begins to tell him who he is and what he's going to do and who he's going to be. In Jeremiah chapter one, God himself begins to talk. I'm telling you, I'm so glad we have a talking God, a God that speaks to us, not just verbally, but by his word, through prayer. And he tells Jeremiah this in verse one, chapter one, verse five. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as a prophet to the nations. That's your call, that's your destiny, that's your purpose. Now watch what happens. Jeremiah would be the young man that grows into this prophet. He would be the one that comes to the people of God in troubled times. The one that tells them in a time that was chaotic when they did not believe there was a future and they did not have a song to sing or vision in their life. And this young prophet steps up with the word not only for them, but it was a word to himself. And this is what he declares over them. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. A young man that did not know that he had a future would one day declare to others there's a future and a hope. I will tell you this. There's not only a master plan, there's an individual plan for your life. And it's an intentional plan. And it's a plan that is always there to bless you, never harm you. And it's always got a future. And come on, give him praise because he has a plan for your life. The right people, the right place, and the right plan. When you understand that he's a God with the right plan. You say, but how's he gonna do all this in my life? How's he gonna unfold this in my journey? You know, Micah chapter six, verse eight gives us three principles to live by. Now there's a lot of things. We know we live by faith. We're the people of faith. We, we worship by faith. We pray by faith. We believe with faith. We receive this grace that's always sufficient, but three things. And in Micah 6, 8, God begins to speak to his people. He says, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Three things. Act justly, 
love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. First, he said, act justly. He said, act justly. What would he Just do the right thing. Just do the right thing. Be a mouthpiece of justice. Be an ambassador of justice. If you see wrong in the earth, don't just pass it by. But be one that confronts the wrong and lives out the right. Just do the right thing. It's really not that hard. He said, act justly. Then he said this, love mercy. I'm so glad this morning that when I woke, there was a brand new dispatch of mercy sent to me. But, but two things we have to be, not just a receiver or one that receives mercy, but also a dispenser of mercy. I'm telling you, show mercy today because you may need it tomorrow. Be one that gives it freely because you've received it freely. He said, love mercy. Do not be a person of judgment. Don't walk around with a judgmental spirit, but be one that walks with a grace and a mercy that is all sufficient because I'll tell you what it does. It brings softness to hard places. It brings healing to hurting places. It allows new seasons in spite of old seasons. Love mercy. And then he said this, walk humbly. I love humility. I love to see people that have a spirit of humility. Why? Because it's like an escalator. If you ever go to the mall and step on an escalator, you know, you really don't have to do the work. Sometimes if I'm late, I'll run up the escalator, but that's really not what it's built for. It's built for me just to step onto it and carry me to the next level. That's what humility does. The Bible said God promotes and he begins to elevate the humble and the proud usually fall over in disaster. I'll tell you what, humility, it's like an escalator in your life. It just takes you from level to level, from glory to glory. It moves you from season to season and I'm telling you if you will have a humble spirit to all of our students do not walk into the next season proud do not walk in not walk in with a confidence but be let it be a confidence in what God is doing in your life but walk in with a humility that without God you can do nothing but also remember through Christ you can do all because he gives you strength humility is a key to promotion in the Bible and through the body of Christ it's like an escalator in our life. Act justly, love mercy, walk humbly. Remember, God exalts the humble. You know, I shared this story, and I shared it the other night at, our, at the baccalaureate service, and I'm gonna share it with you today. I shared it in our heart series. It was a story about a young man named Michael Brady. He was a stuntman in L.A., he was at the top of his field, one of the most respected stuntmen. He had been in Iron Man and many Marvel movies. But he was preparing for a scene in Mission Impossible. He jumped out of a helicopter onto a moving train. And in preparation, he climbed the ladder to secure the rig and he fell off the train, hit his head, and instantly was killed. Michael was an organ donor. They took his heart out and they airlifted his heart thousands of miles away to Chicago to a man named Bill Wall that was waiting on a heart transplant. Bill Wall had lived on an artificial heart for 151 days. By his own account, he wasn't a health nut. He overate, he was overweight, he smoked, did not exercise. And he lived on this artificial heart for 151 days and in a moment his life changed. He was given new life. He received this heart and he challenged himself to live worthy of this new heart he had received. He began to exercise. He lost weight, eventually running marathons, receiving awards for running marathons. But six months after receiving the heart, he got 
a letter in the mail. And it was from the parents of Michael Brady. It was a letter describing Michael and who he was and a picture of Michael. When Bill saw the picture of Michael, a young man, 20 years his youth, he was overwhelmed that he was carrying the heart of this young, good-looking, fit man. It moved him so much that he wrote a letter back asking if he could meet the family. They replied yes, and they set up a time to meet. Bill said he waited with anticipation, really didn't even have the words to express to this family how grateful he was. Finally, the time came and he saw as the family pulled up and got out of a car, he saw an older couple and a younger lady. He realized that the younger lady must be the widow of Michael and the older couple, probably his parents. They came in and for hours they talked and they laughed. And they told stories about Michael and they got to learn a little bit about Bill and how this heart had now given him the, the empowerment to live a greater life and uh, had a new lease on life. And they cried and they exchanged. But finally the time came to end the meeting. And as they got up and they hugged one another and said goodbyes, the father reached in his jacket and pulled out something. And he pulled out a stethoscope and he put it to his ears. And he said, would you allow me one more time before I leave to hear the heartbeat of my son? They said they watched as that father put his stethoscope up to the heart of Bill Wall that was once Michael's. Bill, being overwhelmed, did not know what to say. You know, I think if we're able to see with eyes of the Spirit, the greatest thing that brings joy to our Father is if He can hear the heartbeat of His Son in us. He would say, do you know the price that was paid? Because when you were yet a sinner, out of shape, broken, I sent my son to die for you so that his heart could live in you. So I'm going to put the right people around you. I'm going to put you in the right place. And I'm going to unfold the right plan so that you can walk justly. And you can love mercy. And you can walk humbly because there's a plan for your life. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. Lean not to your own understanding. Would you stand with me today? Here's what you have to understand. God's got the right people. God's got the right place. God's got the right plan. And here it is. God's timing is perfect. Listen to me. God's timing is perfect. And when his timing aligns with the plan he has for your life, it's an unstoppable force. I'm going to pray with you today. I'm going to pray over you today. 
First, I want to pray in, if you're here and maybe you're not carrying the heart of Jesus. Maybe you've never asked him to be your savior. Maybe you've never asked him to come in and be the Lord of your life. I'm going to pray together. And I'm not even going to ask you to repeat a prayer after me. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. But maybe you're here and you say, Pastor, I received Jesus into my life, but I really don't have his heart. I'm not in a relationship with him. Today's a good day to recommit to that relationship so you can live justly. So you can love mercy. So you can walk in humility. So that the God plan of your life can unfold. Would you bow your heads with me today? I'm going to pray over you then. If you're here today and you want Jesus to be the Lord of your life, just ask him in your own words. Ask him to forgive you of all your sins and ask you to lead him by his word and by his spirit. Let me pray over you. Father, I thank you for your gift today, the gift of your son. So thankful that we are carriers of Jesus. But today, Father, we ask you to be the Lord of our life. We know that you are the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords, but we want you to be our king and our Lord. We want you to forgive us. and We ask you today to forgive us of all of our sins, to wash us and cleanse us. And we declare today that we are your children. You are our Lord. We are part of your family. Now, Father, I pray blessings over your people today. I pray, Father, you put the right people around them. I pray you would put them in the right place. Father, they know there would be a peace in their heart that they're at the right place. And Father, I pray, Father, that the plan of God would begin to unfold. For those that are confused, give them peace. For those that are asking questions, Father, give them answers. For those that are looking for vision, Father, open their eyes and their ears and their spirit. And Father, I pray they would see it more clearly than ever. For those that are doubting it, give them faith to believe for it. And Father, I pray that there would be favor that rests upon them. Grace that goes before them, Father. And an anointing authority that keeps them and protects them, Father. And Father, I declare, Father, by your word that the best is yet to come. And greater days are in their future. And it's filled with purpose and hope. Now, if you believe that, put those hands together and say yes and amen. Thank you again for joining us for today's broadcast. Our prayer is that it ministered to you and it changed your life. If there's anything we can pray with you about or God has used this ministry to touch you in any way, please send us an email to info at citylifechurch.cc. We want to invite you to be our guest at one of our Sunday or Wednesday worship experiences. And you can find our times and locations on our website at citylifechurch.cc. You can also download our City Life Church app on your smartphones or tablets for more online messages. It was great having you with us today and we'll see you next time.